0: Sam Lagana and I share more than a few things in common. We both grew up on the west side of Los Angeles. Sam in the Pacific Palisades, me in Venice. We both love sports so much so that when we finished playing due to injuries, we both turned towards announcing. We were both MC stage announcers at the height of pro beach volleyball. Sam with the juggernaut AVP, while I was rolling with a somewhat lower profile and less funded WPVA. Sam ended up, among other things, as the voice of the six billion-dollar SoFi Stadium calling the Los Angeles Rams games. I ended up telling his story on the top-rated video podcast in the Sentinella-Adobe Corridor. I'm a Venice, California-born, Los Angeles-based sports fan, one that has played, coached, announced, and promoted sports my whole life. My love affair with sports started in my own backyard and has led me to this podcast, Thanks to the support of the Amateur Athletic Union in East Bay, I'm excited to bring you Sports Stories with Denny Lennon. Hello, Sports Storyans. Welcome to Audio, Video, Podcast, Episode Number 55 of Sports Stories with Denny Lennon. As we record this intro in the 7428 studio, we are looking forward to our beloved Dodgers playing in the Fall Classic which will be the 24th time for the franchise, the 12th time since here in Los Angeles. Well, the actual World Series is taking place in Texas, but hopefully you know what I mean. We have a theme going around, which is Let's Recreate 88, as in the year the Lakers won the NBA with some magic, and the Dodgers won the World Series with some magic of their own. I'm pumped to bring you part one of four-part series on the great Sam Lagana. He's more than the voice of SoFi Stadium and the Rams, more than the vice chancellor of Pepperdine University, and more than the chair of the prestigious Wooden Award. He's a terrific person, family man, and friend, and like me, a proud native Angelino. Before we go much further, let's hear from my fellow Angelino and fellow Venetian, the Venice High School Basketball Western League MVP, and the producer of Sports Stories with Denny Lennon, Marley Rice.
1: Thanks for that intro, Denny. Mm-hmm. Um not as good as San Lagana but I'll take it. <laughs> yes, I'll take it's it. a joke. So speaking of Recreate 88, mm-hmm. our good friend John Thomas made some really awesome shirts. And if you're interested in purchasing one, you can go to Recreate88.com. These shirts are slick. Denny has one on right now. Yep. Um, it has magic on one side, Gibson on the other. And let's Recreate 88, guys.
0: They are slick. And uh, John Thomas, JT, he's the captain of the USC baseball team. Yeah, dynamite. So he's a guy. a Uh, And we also uh, got a big announcement, Marley.
1: Yeah, we do. We are syndicating on LA36, guys. Um, So you can view us on LA36. cable television. And you can find us there Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 9 a.m. So Mm -hmm. go see us.
0: Yep. It's also uh, archived on their website, which is great, LA36.org. And they also distribute some OTT apps. So any and all of that is good for us. As we keep moving forward, I always want to let you know about the uh, Twitter I got going, at Sports Stories DL. A little update for you on previous polls. Garch and Sinjin are going to play one single game of backgammon to determine who is the king of the beach.
1: When's that going to happen?
0: Don't know yet. We're working (laughs) on that. The Anthony Davis of the Lakers wins out over the Anthony Davis of USC for favorite AD in LA and Cody Bellinger's catch in game two of the NLDS beats out Willie Mays' catch Man. in the 54 World you know, Series. I,
1: I actually am a belly fan, big belly fan, but I think that was wrong. Mays' yeah. catch was way cooler.
0: And I think uh AD from USC of five national titles, three in baseball, two in football should have beat out the AD. Nah, he, he had more so, that, but. but you know, it's a young man's game, Twitter. Um, Polls up now have to do with who created the interlocking LA. Will the winner of the uh, World Series be the top sports city of 2020? And do DL and the box cobbler look more like Hall and Oates or Barnaby Jones and Frank Cannon? And
1: that is my favorite poll so far.
0: Mm-hmm. In this episode, Sam talks about his parents coming to California for the aerospace industry, growing up in the Palisades and playing sports at the YMCA and Palisades High School. He admired people in his community like the great Rams star tight end Bob Klein and he looked up to the legendary Dodger announcer Vin Scully. It seemed to be destiny as one day his love of the Rams and announcing would merge together. This interview was shot in a multi-camera cinematic style with Chris Allport directing and bad boy Bobby McCall as the DP. Sienna Lennon pulled duty as BTS image maker. From Casablanca Restaurant, the second oldest restaurant in Venice, California, here is part one of four with Sam Lagana. This interview was recorded on October 1st of 2020. Coming a little further south than uh, your normal uh, Gilbert's,
2: right? (laughs) Yeah, but it's all in the family, as you know, right? Like, I can't tell you how many times we went to La Habana or we've been yeah. to Casablanca or Gilbert's. It's just, it's, it's what you're dressed and feeling comfortable for. I think this is the, you know, the least dressed I've been in, in Casablanca wearing shorts today.
0: I love the, um, I love the Casablanca memorabilia here. Yeah. I don't know if you know how Carlos Sr., he just kind of just got a grandfather deal a little bit. And they just gave him, it's got so much memorabilia here. And it's such a, that's, that movie just still stands up.
2: Oh, I think it'll stand up over time. I used to love it on the when you pull into the parking lot. They used to have the names Humphrey yeah, Bogart right. on the parking yeah, spaces. In the parking spots. Yeah. They were not there today, you know. <laughs> and I always, i mean, like, God, I got to put those back. I wanted to talk to them about that. But
0: those, those, yeah, uh, it's times. You know, you talked about um, Gilbert's uh, being like maybe second oldest uh, restaurant restaurant in Santa Monica. Santa Monica. Yeah. I think this yeah. is either the first or second in Venice, and it's Hoagie's that's the other one that's still standing as far as Venice goes. Oh, that's great. We used to yeah. drive
2: down there in high school and get sandwiches, you know, at that time. That was, yeah. Those were good days. But I think Eileen and I had one of some of our first dates across the street at the La Habana. And, and, and when we bring people in, that's it's iconic, and this is, you know, seafood. and yeah. everything's got it. Of,
0: you know, it's, it's an L.A. story, too, the way they came here, and that was their thing to do, was start these these restaurants in... Both, you know, it's interesting, both your and I stories, one, you growing up in Palisades and me in Venice, have similar things, because I think your parents are from Trenton, but your dad came out here for the aerospace industry.
2: Yeah, both of the towns, really, and Westchester, and Westchester, yeah, Santa Monica, they all developed around aerospace. I mean, when you get into Santa Monica, go up to Montana and 14th Street, the Aero Theater, why'd they name it that? Because Douglas Aircraft here. Yeah, my dad worked for Hughes, and that was in, in what is now Playa Vista, yeah. But yeah, all of this was all built. And you look at all the homes; they were, you know, they were pretty small. They were like eighteen hundred square feet, twelve hundred square feet, nine hundred square feet. They were pretty similar. They're not the McMansions that some of these communities have today.
0: My dad was McDonald Douglas forever. Yeah, right. You know, he, so he, he worked there. Some of my uncles did the same. I mean, my family came out for the entertainment industry um, originally, but that was when Hollywood was tiny. You know, it was very small. You know, everybody knew each other. Kind right. of time. But eventually, all the... My uncles and stuff, three of them, I think, ended up in the aerospace industry. Which, you know, the Palisades then, Venice then, that was middle class.
2: Totally. The you know, Fox Theater. Fox Theater. You know, you had a lot of that. The Bay Theater, the Palisades. All of those were like premier houses. And uh, they
0: were they were great places. People loved them. We're, we're fortunate, too, you know. Um, I always like to try to give... I got to... In effect, people that are watching from different parts of the country. But, you know, the Palisades, north of where I grew up in Venice. And interesting you know i think you're born a couple years before i was so we have probably similar memories of what los angeles was like yeah as we were growing up and and uh tell me a little bit about you know being in the palisades i know, like the palisades ymca was important to you yeah and in, in playing sports and there's a community there
2: yeah you know the community of palisades and malibu were were kind of contiguous malibu wasn't a city back then the palisades is not a city it's a community right. and so you had that kind of continuity and of course the beach cultures for both of them. But I mean, Ocean, Ocean, Pacific Ocean Park was a big part of our life going down to the amusement park when we were little here in Venice. All of these towns were so contiguous that you did things in, in different places. But growing up playing in the park and playing, you know, Pop Warner and playing YMCA football before Pop Warner football and little league and all of those kinds of things it was great you know
0: were that with those you like your initial entry into sports was that what you kind of got you going that really made you love sports yeah and
2: interestingly my first kind of foray and sport competitively outside of being a little kid started to be tennis and uh, my mom uh enjoyed tennis it was a very successful tennis player and so i started playing tennis my dad played a little bit of tennis and so i would play tennis at the park and you know our YMCA. It had a really neat time, and people were just active. The Y was sort of an open door community space, but we would do that, and then we play tennis or something like that. And, and Patty Burns, uh, who was a great volleyball player, Patty Burns, sure. Yeah, she was my tennis coach, and uh, she was awesome. And I liked it, but I wasn't getting much better, right? And the people around me started to really get better. And I realized I needed to play some other sports, and that's how that kind of stopped.
0: Uh, Patty Burns, uh, I remember because I was associated with St. Mark's. Right, that's where I went. And then your 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 parents would have been Corpus Christi. Correct. But that's when when I eventually came back to St. Mark's started coaching. That's where I met Patty Burns, and realized she was like a legend. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a name for that's a blast from the past. What was it like? uh, So you went to Paul Revere. Paul Revere. What was it? What was it like? uh, I think you you know between Paul Revere and Palisades High School, you met some uh, people that lifelong friends that that people know you know and i think i heard you say one time you never know you know who you're going to be in the same class same meeting with
2: yeah it's something i i tell my students all the time you know when you take a look around you you don't know who you're sitting next to or what they're going to become right but you're going to be able to start to figure out who you are and who they are so take a look around you figure out what that relationship might be and then sometime down the line you may run into them again Right. And they're going to remember what you were like, and you're going to remember, you're going to have those kind of stereotypes in your head. Things will change, but your core
0: That's
2: right. isn't going to change much. And yeah, we had some wonderful young people like you did here in Venice and in exactly. Mar Vista.
0: Yeah, we had, this, we had the same thing. You know, you, you, you eventually, uh, everything comes back around. I know um, you said something, you were talking about, you went to church at Corpus Christi, and Bob Klein was yeah. in there. and Bob Klein was my guy yeah. on the Rams because I was, I was, could catch the ball and I always wanted right. to be a tight end. Talk yeah. a little bit about that. I mean, what a, what a family that is. He was a
2: great guy. And, you know, people don't realize that, you know, he lived in the community, grew up and He went to St. Monica High School. Yep. So I think some of your relatives went to St. Monica as well. They did. And had a, a big presence down there. But he was, a you know, a dominant force there that went on to USC and then went into the Rams organization. And I remember it vividly. And he got this 6'5", 265 guy who's a tight end. He's got a young family. He and his wife were both raised in the community. And, you know, they would sit up in the front right pews, and we sat a few pews back. And so, you know, it was just a great role model. And I always had respect for him because he was always kind to all of us Mm. as kids, which was really neat. And then to watch him raise his family and and do the things that he did was really, really cool. Now when he went to San Diego, people don't realize he he, got got traded down to... San Diego, or released, went to San Diego. I'm not sure exactly how that worked out, but he was there. He was commuting to practice, because back he, and forth, Wow. and that was his to commitment. Yeah. yeah, and those were kind of the Eric Coriale days. And but remember back then, a tight end also blocked.
0: Yeah, it was, it was primarily <laughs> a block, right? Maybe you know, goal line. Right, you might get the glory, but yeah, was, he
2: yeah. could go out for the pass. But yeah, he was he was going yeah. off on the on the on the backfield and, and making it as a guard. And I could play that position, and I. You know, I was getting tall and, and bigger, and I thought that would be fun.
0: What was your uh, what, what sports did you like best? Uh, you know, so you played some tennis. You liked that. What else did you like?
2: Well, uh, because of the proximity of the ocean, you know, going down and rolling down to the beach and, sure. and playing volleyball just became a, a good part of my core. But played basketball quite a bit, a lot of basketball yeah. in the park gym. I know the and, uh, We had a at that time we had mini basketball court at the Y, and so you play there. And then we had on our. You know, you could get into the playgrounds on the schools back then. Sure. So we just go to the playgrounds and play yeah. on the playgrounds, a lot of playgrounds and home. and that was great. And we played volleyball on the playgrounds, they had nets up and and of course football as I said and basketball and you yeah, know, I think the only thing that we played that was kinda of weird every once in a while we we tried to adopt uh, floor hockey at the park. <laughs> right. Right? yeah, know, checking guys into the <laughs> walls because the park looked like that.
0: But it was it was such a fun time. Uh growing up because you just played what sport was in season he you know that was the moving. thing right you just kept moving from sport to sport and that's not always the case right you know, people get today all right and so it, it's kind of a different gig uh i know um at the pali rec center you mentioned that one time i was probably 18 19 or whatever thought i was pretty good in basketball might have been a little older 2021 and uh i think the nba was either on strike or something like that so steve kerr yeah. came back around and i said i got him because he was just playing with some friends right. from pali right he was just playing i was like i got him I've learned what a pro was. I mean, I was there every time. Every time he just, he didn't say a word. He just kept dropping every shot. And finally, just kind of looked at me go make a lap. And I was like, okay. Now I know what a pro looks like. Yeah. Up close and personal. That guy, was cool. that guy could shoot. He oh. is the
2: nicest young guy. And you knew he had skills even in junior high. And uh, his brother played as a contemporary, you know, more of mine, of ours, okay. if you will. And um, he's just a couple years behind us. But we all played at the park great. Right? age wasn't that big a deal when you were playing sports right you especially at the play, right yeah and you just played your pickup games and so you know knowing steve and and the crew of kids that he was with uh brendan O'Neill and and um, oh, yeah. mike menervini and all of these <laughs> great young guys that are just you know a year or two behind me or so that that was just a lot of fun to, to be in their presence and and they were good kids they were just young you know greg leo grandis i could start you're making me think about some of these yeah, guys are just quality young guys that you just played sports
0: with at the park. And, yeah, I, you know, I feel like you, just fortunate. I had a built-in uh, community that could play because I had so many cousins. I had, like, 60 first cousins. Right. And so so many of them were around my age, and we all lived within a few blocks in Venice. So we always could get a game, throwing the neighborhood kids. So you're just constantly playing games all the time. And I don't know if you were like me, but because we're so fortunate to have, like, Vince Gully and Chick Hearn and Dick Ember, and these guys, that I started to narrate those games in my head. Did you do the same when you you were either playing or playing by yourself? Yeah, I
2: think so. You know, like Mr. Scully went to our church, right? Oh, wow. And so, and his sons, Kevin and Mike, more Mike, but both Kevin and Mike, and his daughter Erin at the time, you know, were relevant, because they're, again, in our demographic group. Sure. And he's just a guy at church, right? And the Dodgers were amazing, right? But really, the state of an announcer really wasn't as escalated as it has become. And so, yeah, you would do that. I, I actually remember sitting in my patio at home as a kid. Um, I never really knew I would like to do sports, but I remember sitting with a neighbor of mine, Todd Zinsley, and we would like do the news We'd set up a card table. Remember those folding card tables your parents had? Those crummy (laughs) folding chairs, which we still have. My wife says we need to get rid of. Um, We still have those, but that's the table. And we would set up and we would do, you know, I'm Harry
0: Reasoner and you're (laughs) the other crowd guy. You know, it's like, who? And who would have thought that those were the reps? Right. Right? Because, you know, those were the reps. It was that. And the other thing that I was always thrown into was um, reading in church. I was pretty good at reading aloud. Yes. And so I got the call on that a few times. And it, you know, I was good. so young that just get over, you know, speaking in front of people, uh, that, that, you know, those were reps too. I that you didn't think about back in those days.
2: Did you get that, like, when you were an altar boy, they go, okay, you're an altar boy, there's nobody here to read, you're doing the reading today. I did get thrown in there
0: <laughs> for that reason, right? When the, uh, the guy who didn't make it as a priest or, right. you know, was just like, oh, Right, that when that guy didn't make it, but um, I would get that at the eighth grade mass or the seventh grade mass, stuff like that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, you had that whole natural building right over here in, in Venice and in Mar Vista. Plus, you guys had the, what the backyard game, you know? We did.
0: We, you we had all of, of
2: that. So I bet you had just a, a time of your life. But you had so many kids that you had to sit out more.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: There wasn't. There and, wasn't. And, and there was a always lot going playing.
0: on. No, there's a lot going on. Yeah, there was, and, and a lot of my family was they went they, you know took the musical route didn't mean they didn't like sports it just mean they took that route and i was always sports so we, we kind of had our space in, in that way when you so you were uh, at Pali High, yeah. and i think um you, you were young when your father died right like um maybe was younger than that even 13 maybe 13, yeah. yeah so that's got to be tough but of course that's tough but one thing um i heard you say i think somewhere i, I felt sense of kinship there, there was other people that came around that like mentored you, but also took you places to get ball games, those kind of things.
2: Yeah. A real blessing, you know, like even my, my dad had rheumatic fever as a boy. Uh And so people don't really think about rheumatic fever as much today, but it affects your heart. And so his heart was somewhat compromised. And so he had to start to deal with that in his forties. And so he would be in the hospital, and he had to have a you know, open heart surgery and those kinds of things. So when you were laid up in those days, you were laid up. You were in the hospital for weeks. I mean, I would take the bus to go see him, but I was lucky that we had neighbors that would go, "Okay, I'll pick you up," or if they saw me down at the bus stop taking the number nine, I'd take the nine to the two to get to the hospital, <laughs> to and the two, know you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And and people would pick you up and, and take you down the block or up, you know. Pick you where they saw you if they saw you people just stop and get you if they saw yeah, you yeah but i also had neighbors that would take me to games like dr russell jackson who lived down the street his son russell was a good friend of mine and he would take me to you know usc games or ram games or i mean i i can't tell you i'm a jazz aficionado but i certainly learned to appreciate jazz because i got to go to chuck Mangioni concert with him at the bowl or they would play jazz yep. in the car on the way to an SC yep, game. I know, exactly. That's, and so yeah. those people were great, and and you remember those people. I stay in touch really? with Dr. Jackson. He lives down in uh, St. Petersburg. His wife, Rosina, lives in Virginia. Oh, right. Russell lives in in Washington, D.C., That's, and so it's,
0: it's kind of and, cool. And, and, and I know that it's come back around because uh, what, what comes, comes clear when I talk, you know, because I talked to a few people about you, is people say the same about you, that you're always willing to do for others and to give them opportunities. And, and I love that that's like, you know, a full circle kind of Thank thing. You. Talk a little bit about the Rams in those days. Um, I know you and I love the same team, especially that fearsome foursome uh, and, and some of those. I, you know, Marley's got, got a couple of those pictures, though. But talk about that team. I heard you talking about them, those L.A. Rams. And it's just so oh, great yeah. that now you're you are the guy. You're the guy that, it that
2: freaks them. me out, dude. It, it really does, you know. <laughs> But, yeah, you got Merlin Olsen. Let me think about yep. that. I also remember seeing Merlin Olsen for the first time. But I was a huge Deacon Jones fan. I got an autograph ball at home from Deacon Jones. I've got a Deacon Jones jersey. I, I love Deacon Jones. Rosie Greer I got to meet, Rosie. you know. And how, what a gentle giant that guy was. And he was knitting. And, yeah. uh, you know, as I grew up, I got to talk to him or Deacon Jones or Lamar Lundy mm-hmm. I got to meet one time. When, and, you know, you start to think of that. But I remember meeting Merlin Olsen one time in Stockton, California. And I had no idea, but that's where Merlin Olsen lived. When, and, you know, he was doing Little House of the Prairie oh, okay, and all sure. those guys. But that's where that guy was. And yeah. I mean, look at these guys. Rosie Greer. I mean, those yeah. guys were characters and amazing athletes. So we got to watch them. But you remember, it wasn't as accessible. There were blackouts no. and
0: yeah. things like no, that. Yeah, but being at the game was spectacular, which, you know... I think that's something that comes across when you announce because you realize how important right. that experience is for that fan that's sitting in that seat or attending that event that 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 the importance of the excitement and not and building it up to a culmination and all of those things.
2: What you're saying is meaningful and, and I'll take you back in looking at this how did I get to these games like right I got a, you know I'm a little kid my dad might be sick or I'm a teenager and a, I don't have the accessibility. My mom's attending to my dad, or my sure. sister, or, or trying to earn wages and so forth. Well, at YMCA, we would add trips to, you know, nice Ram man. games, Dodger games, things like that. So, so you nice. go with your groups. So I love when these groups come in from different places. We go to camp with the Y and all that. Yeah. And then I go into the stadium. I mean, I'll, and I'll fast forward real quick, and I don't know if I'm taking away. It's but okay. I'm, I think about these guys in the Coliseum that first day announcing a Rams game, walking into the Coliseum, walking into the historic announcer position. You know, you're at that 45-yard line. I'm getting yeah. and you walk in the same, There's nobody there. There's people tailgating. The Rams are coming back to Los I Angeles. i at that game. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I heard you. I'm freaking out because it's, it's just, and you got to stay calm, right? Yeah, like, of course. And I, I go up the elevator. And I get to this space and it, I'm looking out there and I'm like, this is it, this is, this is so cool. I can't wait for people to come in. And I remember being that kid coming through tunnel five with my dad and I remember it vividly and seeing these guys on the field mm-hmm. and seeing what's going on. And you know, the Rams were on the, um, on the press box side, yeah. right? So the Trojans are always on the opposite side
0: but rams, yeah, the rams the were
2: on this side so it was they were right there you came out of that tunnel mm. and uh, it was amazing if you remember the field was higher too back it, in those it was. days i think that
0: was still when the track was there exactly
2: yep. so the in a sense you were further but you were closer right and so you came out and it was like oh this is cool well now i'm in the booth i'm the guy i'm now opening the guy. day and i'm looking out the booth and it's time to open the doors
0: now, is this for the preseason Dallas Cowboy one or the opening season? It's the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Come. 90-something thousand yeah. people are coming. Yeah. But
2: you knew this was going to be big. Ticket prices were a little bit less on that one, you know, and, yeah. and you knew that people were going to come. But this is it. And I'm watching that. I get to say, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the doors to open. And what you realize is that when you're speaking in the Coliseum, it's not, there's nobody in there but the, operations teams. guys right yeah but the sound is emanating Goes through all of Ex- exposition park mm. so you know people are going to hear it so it's ladies and gentlemen it's 11 o'clock in the city of angels it's time to open the doors for los angeles rams football <laughs> and then in a few seconds oh, that's you bad. see these dads and their moms mm. holding their kids hands and they come through the tunnel and mm. you look at them and you're like that's me yeah. that's me. That's and their eyes are like, so full circle. And it's again. I mean, look, yeah, you I know. see it. This, it's like. I, 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 I I'm in the same way. I'm in the same way. It makes me feel that way. And 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 I'm sure we'll get to this later. Yeah. But that yeah. was the down moment. I mean, there was a lot of up moments. who were in SoFi, but yeah, just looking for that. I'm I'm still can't wait for that kid and his parent to be holding hands, coming through, and then go. Oh my
0: goodness! But. And, and and I was a kid who, when I went there, knew that that was the thirty-two Olympics. I, I knew why that place was built, and I knew that Memorial Man it was in memory of World War One veterans and yeah. or, or those that died in World War One. And like I knew all that stuff when I was a kid. But I love sharing that information. Like we recently had, you know, friends in from Ohio who we went on a party bus yes. to a game. And I explained all of that to them—the 32 Olympics, the 84 Olympics, right. you know, memorial—and that and they were so appreciative. They said, "Wow!" And I was like, "Yeah, we have our history here in LA too. Like, yeah. it, it things weren't just built." And it's so awesome because when we went that day, as we went one other day when we went to the Reds back, I was like, "That's that's, that's I know that guy. I know the guy who's talking." <laughs> Thank
2: you. <laughs> it's the Peristyle. You don't realize that there are these plaques in the Peristyle that yes. memorialize some of the great people who have contributed to the city of Los Angeles. That's right. And you know you go back to John F. Kennedy making his acceptance speech That's right. there in Los Angeles at the sports arena and the Coliseum. Mm-hmm. You go to the Pope, the Pope. being there. Yeah, I think that was the
0: most people that were ever packed in there. Actually,
2: it was Billy Graham, I believe, oh, is the largest attended event in the history of the Coliseum was Billy Graham. But OK, perfect, right? But that's what it was built for—to bring a city together. And you have all these great sports that's moments. Right. And it was, it was built. built it wasn't built as big as it is. It was built lower and smaller. And then when they got the Olympics, you had um, yeah, you had you know Garbud and and the guys that were involved in bringing the Olympics to Los Angeles worked with the city about let's expand it up and build that bowl bigger. Yeah. Um, and and like they did it. the
0: Rose Bowl. Yeah. And the like. So well, that's that, that that's picture, the new
2: one. Yeah. That's the new one. So, so that's historic. They didn't want to screw up the peristyle. Yeah. That's what's that, great. I,
0: that I loved about it. Um, you had an injury, I think, on the backside in high school yeah. or early college. And um, this is, it's right. A lot of these things are interesting to, to me when I was kind of looking into it because <laughs> I had the same way, you know, as my first year playing college yeah. basketball. And I, kind of tore my leg and I had to get back to work. So, you, you had injury, but here's what I, I love about this is your coach said, Well, you know the game, so why don't cool, you get right? over there and make yourself <laughs> useful? Right? <laughs> what was it?
2: Jerry Marvin, um, God rest his soul, but yeah, he gave me a chance. And and it was it what was, was this at high school or college? This was high school
0: at Pali, at Pali, and 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 it was a volleyball or it was a basketball it basketball? It
2: was basketball <laughs> at first, and I'd and gone, gone up for a rebound, and I got cold, low bridged, went down, I couldn't move. And when i went in and had checked they found i had an extra lumbar oh, okay. and so my muscular skeletal system i mean think about it when you're you know whatever 15 years old you're not necessarily stable i was more of a late bloomer and uh so the instability of that was out of whack yeah. and so they were like okay and then i did it again and then they're like you can't play and so yeah. coach was like i need you to stay i got to go to practice i kind of quasi-managed and then announce games and then the volleyball coach said well you know how to play volleyball you should do this too and the you know the next thing is happening i'm and over you just doing said, track you meets you just called what
0: was in front of you yeah just, whatever you saw you just said it on the mic yeah did you know not mm-hmm. to talk when the ball was in action did somebody tell you like you know
2: what like because I,
0: I, I had to learn that the hard way doing the no. pa announcement i would be like and she hits it over and he hits it over and they're like you don't dude you wait till it's in between Okay. Yeah,
2: in volleyball, I guess I just, I guess I knew it, right? Yeah. Because I played it, but but, there wasn't really announcers, you know, like doing, doing it. Yeah. yeah, there wasn't really doing it, right? Um, I remember the first volleyball game I did, we were playing a game against Newport Harbor. And my dear friend, Stuart Liner, went to Newport Harbor, and they were going to come up for the game, and it was at our place, and I, it was the first... High school volleyball game I announced was mm. Pali versus Newport Harbor. Mm-hmm. You know they had like Kevin Droke and yeah. uh, some got a really good, they good got players. A rich tradition of volleyball. Right, and we yeah. had you know Stoklose, sure and did. we had some great got players, got and ball- ball- I you mean, know Pally's Roger ball- Clark and yeah, Ricky did, yeah. Moody's and yeah. Steve Sammons, yeah. and we had we had a bunch of really good players, and they had some extraordinary players. But um, yeah, that was like the volleyball side. The basketball side was was kind of cool because. You're just doing the game, and you got to talk during play, right? Yeah. Two point basket, you know, whatever it was, yeah, you and you're still in play. Yeah. Yeah, you're just going, but, but you're you not really calling
0: ball. it like Chick. <laughs> I don't. Th- 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 that took me a second to learn. It's like, hey, hey, you're not on TV. They can yeah. hear you.
2: <laughs> you know, it's so funny. You think about Chick, right? So again, when we we're growing up, it wasn't like Laker games were live on TV. No, they. You'd watch <laughs> we them all were radio. simulcast when they finally could be on TV and the radio at the that's same right. time. That's right. But you had to listen to Chick or Mister Scully on the radio for the most part when we were kids. So it was sort of just listening and envisioning, envisioning what, what they were telling you. And Do you
0: um, still call him Mister Scully? Because that's how you met him. <laughs> yes. No, really. When you were a kid, you yes, met him as Mister Scully. I didn't Scully. even
2: think about it until you said and it. You and you have a hard. That's the, yes, that's and he gave me a up. hard time about it. That's a crack. Would you that's just cool. call me Vin? And, and I'm like, okay, I'll try. But I do. Him.
0: Oh no, I got kids that are I, like, I got some kids that I have coached that are grandparents now, and they'll go, hey, coach, you know. So I mean, you get, you start with something. Sometimes it's it's hard. Just to, uh, you know.
2: uh, that's what you know. That's what Carlos said when we walked in, right? Yeah.
0: yeah. It like, <laughs> it, it, absolutely. Um, now, what about uh, Chip England, Jay Schroeder? Are these guys that were uh, around your time? Oh yeah, yeah. We probably? played
2: at sports growing up, and, yeah. and at that time, and. Chip was our Chip was, well, our guard. Score. No three point line.
0: Uh, Leon Wood mm-hmm. didn't have a three point line either, and he said the California State scoring record. And it would still be there mm-hmm. had he had a three point line. Yeah. But Chip England was pretty close. Chip too.
2: England had the City of Los mm-hmm. Angeles record, right? And Leon and Leon was at Saint Monica. Leon. And so we would go down and see each other and just kind of play pickup ball, right? And Chip was just great and. Those were, those were just fun days, right? And fun so Chip days. was there, and then Jay, I played Little League with Jay, and um, yeah. Mark Schroeder. You know,
0: quarterback yeah. in the NFL. Um, you get to college at LMU. Yeah. And uh, do you, how did you find your way... So you found your way to LMU, but how did you find your way to start announcing games there? Like, I get the one in high school, but how did they give you the microphone at LMU?
2: So I get to Loyola Marymount, and... I go, I actually, I don't even call it LMU. Isn't that funny, Was but I, it I, just, it, I no, 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 it changed, but yeah. we all referred to it at that time, kind of Loyola as, University. as Loyola or Loyola Marymount. Right. I rarely called it LMU back That's, in those days. Oh, and, yeah, it's true. And funny. I yeah. probably, I, I rarely, I'm looking at my wife now, but I'm, I rarely call it LMU today. People are like, you I mean the high school? I'm like, no, no, no. no. And like, it's, like, it's so beautiful, it's,
0: but, it's, yeah, it's such a beautiful, like when they moved Loyola University from downtown LA to there, they like picked a beautiful spot
2: yeah Uh I'll go into oh uh, uh, since that's up right now I'll talk about it. but look at the there can you define the the kind of the weird link in that like there was an addition
0: yes because uh, my wife was going there getting her masters about that time I think it's this
2: no what is it the M doesn't have any oh. serifs yeah.
0: oh <laughs> oh when they dropped the M in there
2: yeah. right <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, that's
2: fun! Isn't that classic? Yeah, that's it great. Loyola University and it does and they not drop have it. the. No, oh, no.
0: that's
2: fun. So, but going back to the volleyball, I went out for volleyball when okay. I got to, to Loyola. Glenn Sato was at, uh, uh, at Loyola at that time, and um, legendary. So. you know, we um, I went out and tried out, and, and again, I just it couldn't work, right? Work. And so, somebody said, "Listen, how about announcing the games?" and uh that kind of worked who out said that uh it had to be greg um who was the coach at that time and they
0: just went well right. because they probably knew you did that at pali
2: somebody told them i guess yeah. right right i get <laughs> so, it no i get
0: it i know how this happens they're like you
2: right and it was you know <laughs> it was kind of fun we had like a we kind of had a cross grass dirt court between tenderich and Hannon and apartments it, we eventually we somehow found sand in the middle sure, of the night that might sure. have gotten over there same, i'm not sure who same acquired way same it gotcha over Waikiki Beach, right know. i'm <laughs> not quite sure But it it, it it happened back there i don't think it's there anymore but so we played a lot of ball over there sure. and you know inside but uh um, wow. greg did it and he had a he had a company called volleyball one i don't know if you remember I that, remember that yeah. so uh, it, he was a fine coach and he left uh, Okay. And I got to know the athletic department guys, and just by announcing. And then Bernie Sandoval was the announcer for the men's basketball program, so that didn't like I wasn't going to aspire. This guy was already doing it, and they would just hire me to do other things. And I worked in the athletic department, and, and that was part of that was part yeah. of what you did, right? Because right. You know, some kids sold
0: tickets, some kids did this. Some, they're like, yeah, you.
1: Thanks for watching and listening. Sports Stories with Denny Lennon is produced by me, Marley Rice, and Christine Jinbo. Directed by Chris M. Alport with studio support from Alpha Command Unit and shot by bad boy Bobby McCall. Original music courtesy of Lennon Music Production and original images courtesy of Sienna Lennon Photography. A big thank you to all of our contributors of the show. Sports Stories with Denny Lennon is a production of Sports Stories, Inc., And available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, or wherever you watch and listen. Make sure you press that subscribe button, give us a review, leave a comment. It will really help us grow the show. And you know what else will help us grow the show? Head on over to patreon.com slash Jenny Lennon to get some never-before-seen videos, pictures, interviews, and so much more. We are all over social media and constantly sending out clips on Facebook, conducting fun polls on Twitter, going live on Instagram, and more. To find all of our social media links, hustle on over to sportsstoriesdl.com. SSDL proudly supports the My Stuff Bags Foundation and the Heroes Movement. Links to how you can support and help these foundations can be found on our website. We also want to give a big thank you to all of our partners of the show. So, as Coach Lennon would say, any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email me, Marley, at info at sportsstoriespodcast.com. We want to thank all of our followers and listeners, and we will see you next time.
0: Sports Stories with Denny Lennon starts at 5. I hope I get home on time. I hope I get home on time. Hey, man, hit the gas, will ya? Sports Stories with Denny Lennon comes on at 5. Meow. Check it out, Blake.